Welcome to the First Right Podcast, a weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration of America. I'm Jerry Ewalt, Chief Marketing Officer for Restoration of America. And today we are blessed to have a first-time guest, Dr. Robert Epstein, a renowned psychologist, author, editor, researcher, and professor. He is a distinguished scientist who is passionate about educating the public on advances in mental health and the behavioral sciences. All right, well, Dr. Epstein, thank you so much for joining the show today. Uh, my pleasure, very nice to be here. Yeah, well, I, I can't wait to get into the, the questions here, but before we do, you have quite a distinguished background and career. Can you give us just a, a quick snapshot of that? Uh, sure, uh, my PhD is from Harvard University. I was um, B.F. Skinner's last doctoral student, so in, in my field, that's, uh, that's, that's, that impresses people you know about the history of psychology. Um, I have been a professor, a researcher for most of my uh, career, but I also have a, a stint in, me in the world of media. I hosted several national radio shows, and I was editor-in-chief of Psychology Today magazine. Uh, but mainly I'm a researcher, so I've been digging in on research for more than 40 years, and about 11 years ago now, I got very interested in big tech, and I started to I started a research program, which is still unique in the world, uh, to see what kind of power these tech companies have to to manipulate opinions and purchases and votes mm -hmm. to indoctrinate children. And I've been digging in on that since 2013, and then starting in 2016, I started to develop methods for monitoring the tech companies to see whether they're actually using these new techniques that we have, my team and I have discovered and studied and quantified now for a long time. Yeah, I think, uh, again, and I start off with your distinguished career because you've done so much during your career, but you're becoming more and more known for, for the guy that's uncovering uh, the big tech problem that we have. And I say problem, because most people, when they think of big tech, they think of censorship. Like if there's a problem with a big tech, it's all about censorship. You're taking it in a little different direction. Yes, censorship bad, but what you're, what you're starting to, or what you have uncovered, I should say, is, is related towards the way the algorithms are manipulating the way that you're thinking. So this goes back to the psychology piece of what you do. So, so explain more about what you've uncovered that what big tech is doing from a psychological perspective to the users of, of Google, if you will, or any of these big tech platforms. Well, uh, there, first of all, there are three big threats. Yeah. Surveillance, uh, which is uh, so extensive now that if people had any idea what was going on, they, they wouldn't touch uh, a cell phone or a computer. They wouldn't even touch it. Uh, hmm. So, you know, Google alone is monitoring us and our kids over more than 200 different platforms, most of which people haven't even heard of. Yeah. Uh, censorship is the second big threat. And I do study that indirectly because that's one of the ways you manipulate people. Uh, because the problem with censorship is you don't know what they don't show. And they have complete control over what more than 4 billion people see and don't see. Yeah. And this is something people don't understand at all. People, people don't get this, that they have control over what information goes viral and what doesn't. So when these tech companies, I published an article about this recently in the Epoch Times, when these tech companies are want to drive 
drive uh, attention to something like rigged voting machines or ballot stuffing, okay, if you see those stories spreading like wildfire, it's because the tech companies want you to see them. Mm -hmm. And they're doing that mainly for misdirection. They want you looking over there. They want you looking over there. They don't want you looking at them. So uh, censorship is part of the manipulation problem. But yes, it's true that my team and I have focused now for more than 11 years on looking at new forms of manipulation that the mm -hmm. internet has made possible. Uh, and they are terrifying. We've discovered now about a dozen of them. Uh, the first one that we learned about is called SEAM, the Search Engine Manipulation Effect, which we published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences back in 2015. Uh, I did testify before Congress about a bunch of these techniques. These are frightening because in a national election, in 2020, for example, uh, we calculated that Google alone probably shifted 6 million votes to Joe Biden without anyone knowing and with no no paper trail except the monitoring that we had done. We had done quite extensive monitoring in 2020. But generally, when they're manipulating us, they're doing it in a way that people cannot see. And that's, that's extremely dangerous. I use Google. I've used uh, search engines before. I'm, I'm able, to, they can't manipulate me. How, how, how are these people manipulating <laughs> someone like myself? From a psychological perspective, how does this happen? Sure, that's a very good question. Um, first of all, uh, I hate to disappoint you, but they can manipulate you. They man manipulate you all the time. They manipulate you on issues where you're undecided. So they can't manip. You know, if you're very, if you're a, a devoted, let's say, conservative Republican, mm -hmm. uh, they can't <laughs> manipulate you on politics. But there's always something. You know, where you're going to go on vacation, which restaurant you're going to eat in, and so on. Even you know which pediatrician you're going to use. There's always something that people are undecided about, and that's where they have their power. They know exactly who's undecided about mm -hmm. everything, every moment in time, because if you've been using the internet for 20 years, Google has more than 3 million pages of information about you. They know more about yeah. you than you do, and they use that information to manipulate. The more information you have about people, mm -hmm. you know, uh, as the Stasi in Germany uh, knew, as J. Edgar Hoover knew, uh, the more information you have about people, the easier it is to nudge them, push them right. subtly or not so subtly into one direction or the other. And that's that's what they're doing. Now, I can tell you in detail for hours and hours specifically yeah. about what these techniques are that they're using, because that's what we study and we name them and we quantify them. And it's uh, it's terrifying. So that, that you start off by saying one of the big issues are surveillance. A lot of people say, hey, look, I have nothing to hide. I don't okay. care if people, I'm sure you hear this all the time. I have nothing to hide. Don't worry. It's not a big deal. But it is a big deal from what you're saying because when the more they know about you, years and, and pages and pages of data, they can then feed it through, let's call it the black box with all these algorithms that they can sort through. And then at that point, they know you better than you know yourself. Not just that, but they use digital models now of you I mean, each model is unique to the individual. So they build digital models of each of us and use those models to make specific predictions about what we're going to do. And so they know everything about our wants, our needs, and literally the next move we're going to make and you know the next 
turn that we're going to make in our car. I mean, you name it. And again, as you said, the more you know about people, the easier it is to manipulate them. So uh, let me just focus on one issue briefly here. Mm -hmm. In elections, if you go back six months before an election, so imagine early next year, it's it's a big election year, very important election year for everybody, and go back six months before November, whatever that month happens to be, at that point in time, According to surveys, somewhere between 20 and 60 percent of the electorate is undecided. Right. So bare minimum is 20, but it could be even 60 percent that are still undecided. Uh, You know, as you get closer to the election, of course, more people make up their minds. Here's the problem. A company like Google, they know exactly who those people are and they're sending personalized content Mm -hmm. to everybody. So they're sending content to push people who are undecided over in one direction. And that is why in a national election, they can easily shift upwards of 15 million votes. Well, just think about it. You've got 150 million voters, even if only 20% of them were undecided. So that's 30 million people. Uh, They can shift among undecided people, according to the, uh, the research we've been doing, between 20 and 80 percent of those undecided people with no one knowing what they're doing. 20 and normally, to yeah, 20 to 80, because uh, we, we do randomized controlled experiments here almost every day, and we can show technique by technique by technique exactly what the power is to shift the thinking, the voting preferences, the purchases of people who are undecided. And it's somewhere between 20 and 80 percent. So take 30 million which is very, very conservative. That's rock bottom, undecided people six months before an election. Take 20% of that, well, 20% of 6 million, that's, that's already 6 million people at least. Take 80% of 30 million, now you've got 24 million. See the problem here? They, they, they can't manipulate you, Jerry, on certain issues. Absolutely not. <laughs> Right. But they can manipulate people who are undecided very, very easily. Yeah. And I, and I said that with tongue in cheek, right, because, you know, it, it, what I'm getting at is we're moving from this is just capitalism. And we're we're trying instead of going out to the store and buying something that that Google might be recommending. You're talking about election tampering is, is what this is, because if, if the algorithms are pushing undecided people, which a lot of people are in one direction over another, that's unconstitutional. Well, it's also illegal because it's a violation of campaign finance laws. And I work with AGs around the country. I work with members of Congress uh, who are just waiting. They're just waiting Mm. until we have enough data to test that uh, idea in court and to begin to send some of these uh, corporate executives to jail because people do go to jail uh, when they make, you know, large campaign contributions and don't declare them. And it's true, you know, if Google, let's say on its homepage, and this is real, by the way, we know this because we have data, massive amounts of data now. If Google uh, on election day, for example, uh, sends out go vote reminders just to uh, to members of one party or mainly to members of one party, you know, uh, on their homepage, you know, where it's normally there's nothing. But on election day, sometimes you see go vote, very colorful. 
I'm sure you've seen that. Of course. But if they're sending that mainly to members of one party, do you know how many votes that can shift on that mm. one day? And we know this from not just from our research, but we know it from Facebook's own public, published research. Mm. Uh, in a nationwide election, that can shift 450,000 votes. It can give 450,000 more votes to one party than to the other. So now I'll tell you some real data from the 2022 midterms. Uh, this is data we collected. In the, in the uh, state of Florida, 100% of liberals were getting go vote reminders all day on election day. In Florida, 59% of conservatives yeah. were getting go vote reminders. Yeah, I wonder now, why. That's a, yeah. now think of how blatant that is, except, except the problem is if, unless you're doing monitoring, and we're the only team in the world that does this, Unless you're monitoring, you don't know that that's occurring, right? You don't know that right. you're not getting a reminder and someone else is getting a reminder. You don't know that. But now, here's the thing. Google would say, well, we're not breaking any laws because that, that's free for us to do. It doesn't cost us anything. Uh, and we're just exercising our First Amendment right to free speech. But see, that's not the issue. The issue is, what would it cost you? What would it cost me? to use the Google home page, which is seen 500 million times a day in the United States, what would it cost us to send a targeted message to people uh, on election day? $100 million? In other words, they are making massive in-kind donations to candidates and to parties without declaring them. Mm -hmm. But you need mm -hmm. the data. You can't use an anecdote here. You need the data. And that's why we have learned now how to preserve in not just in elections, but every single day. We've we've learned how to preserve millions of what Google calls ephemeral experiences. And that's the key to this whole thing. That's how they manipulate using ephemeral experiences. And happy to explain what, what that is if you're not familiar with it. Well, I, I mean, please do. I think that I think the audience would like to know. So, <laughs> and I think as you're doing that, the the, the question then is, you know, you you've got the data, and and it's highly illegal. So why, how come we're not stopping them? Why why is it continue? Well, there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, you know, in the United States, we're 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 in a tough spot. These companies are an important part of our economy. Uh, they donate massive amounts of money to uh, almost every single university, to almost every researcher who does anything on tech. Uh, they also are major donors to political campaigns. Uh, so they've, in this country, you know, we've got a problem here. They've, they've, they've got so many people in their pockets that it's hard for people to, to counter them. Uh, in the EU, on the other hand, Google has been fined uh, four times in the last few years, more than 10 billion euros uh, for, for example, posting biased search results. Uh, in other words, for interfering in people's lives in mm -hmm. ways that are illegal. So in the EU, they're not afraid of Google. Here, unfortunately, a lot of our officials are afraid. Mm. And, you know, I did have a wonderful four-hour private dinner with Ted Cruz uh, at one point, and he really understands these issues. And I said, "Why aren't you guys acting?" Yeah. He said, "Well, you gotta have you gotta have a bipartisan support for something like this." He said, 
and the Democrats all benefit by these companies, which, you know, were 96% of donations from Google go to Democrats. So he says the Democrats won't touch them. He said, and Republicans generally don't like regulation. Yeah. So, you know, but having said that, we are collecting so much data on, on a massive scale now, and our, our monitoring system is getting bigger and bigger every day, that, you know, I am in touch with certain attorneys general and certain members of Congress who will pull the trigger. They will when the time comes. It might be later this year. It'll certainly be sometime next year. And they will use the data we are collecting uh, to take down some of these companies. Uh, because what they are doing is wrong. It's immoral. It's unethical. It undermines democracy mm -hmm. completely. Because they determine in any close election, not just here but around the world, uh, they determine who wins. In other words, they're, they're forming, they're shaping our government, and they are taking away from us the free and fair election uh, without anyone, anyone really knowing yes. that they're doing that. And I, I, I find that unacceptable, and I, I also find it terrifying. Uh, but there's no question. There's not, it's not like this is, you know, I mean, for example, on YouTube, uh, 2022 elections, the, you know, the up next suggestion that's coming in from the upper right on YouTube. Yep. Well, that's again, they have control over that. They have control over what yeah. they're suggesting. Uh, and 76% hmm. of those recommendations nationwide that they were making were coming from liberal news sources. Well, hmm. Google would say, well, that's how many liberal news sources there are. No. That's not true. We actually counted them. 38% of the news sources are liberal, not 76%. And that's going to registered voters. That's what they were sending out to registered voters. Do you know what, you know what percentage of those up next suggestions uh, from, from YouTube, what percentage are come from liberal news sources or liberal sources and that are going to our children? It's much higher than 76%. It's yeah. 96%. Wow. So in other words, they're, they are working very hard to indoctrinate uh, our kids. And, you know, again, the system we have set up is the only one in the world that is collecting the data to, 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 to show, to, to preserve what it is they are sending to people. So this is where that yeah. ephemeral word comes into right. play, because 2018, there was a leak of emails from Google to the Wall Street Journal. And in the email uh, conversation, Googlers were discussing how can we use ephemeral experiences to change people's views about Trump's travel ban. Now, they actually use that term. Mm -hmm. Ephemeral experiences are these brief experiences that all of us have every day. Well, so let's say Google search results or search suggestions that are being flashed at you, news feeds, it's all temporary, it's all customized just for you, it's personalized. It affects you, you click on something, it disappears, mm -hmm. it's gone forever, and there's no record of it. That's why they're using ephemeral experiences to oh. manipulate. And that's what we study in our experiments, we study the power that ephemeral experiences have to impact, well, everything, votes, beliefs, attitudes. And again, the numbers are just 
extraordinary. I mean, this is this is terrifying. I mean, everybody's using these devices, using uh, right. these search engines, whatever it might be. So no, no one's going to escape this at this point. Uh, you said something earlier uh, that that change is coming, and you talked about timing sometime next year. So, are, are how how clo- you know? I could see that the change may be coming after the election, and they say, "Well, we missed it." Like. Is, it, is this possible to get this done before the election? Because this is terrifying. Oh, yes. We're, we are actually making progress right now as we speak. Uh, because what we've been doing over the years is, uh, and this is, was, by the way, in response to, to a conversation that I had with, an, with a state attorney general. He's the one who got me started on this back in 2015. What we've been doing over the years is recruiting registered voters uh, sometimes they're around the country, sometimes they're in swing states, and equipping their computers with special software, which allows us, hmm. with their permission, of course, to look over their shoulders at the content they're seeing that's election-related, and then we take a snapshot of it, we upload it, so we're getting you know that kind of information. We're preserving ephemeral content from the computers mm-hmm. of thousands of people we now have in this this group more than 8,300 registered voters, real people, in all 50 U.S. states. And by the end of this year, uh, we'll probably have at least five times that many, or even ten times that yeah. many. And we're because we're trying to hit certain minimums in each state so that we can, you know, uh, expose what's going on in a meaningful way. But we're collecting millions of these ephemeral experiences. In the last few months, we have preserved and analyzed more than 10 million of these ephemeral experiences normally lost forever. Uh, So to answer your question, uh, we're very close now to being able to uh, expose what's going on, what these companies are Mm -hmm. showing to real people and to kids. We've also recruited mm-hmm. now more than 1,800 children and teens with their parents' permission, and we're starting to look at the content that these companies are sending to kids. So, you know, it's going to be very soon. Within a few months, we're going to start uh, releasing our findings probably every single day. We're going to have mm-hmm. a public dashboard, uh, which, at, if you want a glimpse of what it's going to look like, it's at americasdigitalshield.com. Mm-hmm. AmericasDigitalShield.com, and people uh, and 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 authorities too are going to be able to go to dashboards and actually see the bias that we're measuring, not just on Google but Bing, Yahoo, Facebook, mm-hmm. YouTube, Instagram, and we're we're now building a the capability to monitor TikTok. So we are we are doing what. We're doing what needs to be done. You have to yeah. set up monitoring systems. They have to be permanent because the the temptation by these you know these companies have to manipulate people is so strong yeah. that the only way to counter them it's not going to be with laws and regulations, by the way, because they move too slowly. Tech moves very fast. It's going to be with monitoring systems because monitoring systems mm-hmm. are tech. And we've been building those systems since 2016. They're, they're, our systems are getting bigger and bigger and more and more sophisticated. Uh, and our, our team of field agents around the country is growing every single day. And it's really this year, it's within a few months, 
we're going to be in a position to expose the manipulations of these companies on a daily basis. Now, the idea here is not to catch them. (laughs) It's to stop them. And in 2020, we were so concerned about the bias we saw in the presidential election that we sent information to Senator Cruz's office and as a result, two days after the election, November 5th, 2020, three U.S. senators sent a very, very threatening letter to the CEO of Google, two pages summarizing Epstein's results, saying, mm-hmm. how do you account for this? Mm-hmm. Did that have an impact? You bet. Immediately, Google shut off all of its manipulations in the Georgia Senate runoff elections. How do we know that? Because we had more than a thousand field agents. Georgia, we saw them shut it off. No one got go vote reminders in Georgia from that point on, mm-hmm. and the bias in Google search results went to zero, which we had never ever seen wow. before. That's did they the keep power. it off? That, that's right. No, did yeah. they keep it off? No, but they kept it off yeah. uh, up until election day, so they really did stay out of those two Georgia races. The point is, the yeah. power of sunlight cannot <laughs> be you know overestimated a uh, hundred years ago one of our supreme court justices said sunlight is the best disinfectant that's right and he said in street lamps this was 1913 he said in street lamps are the best policemen <laughs> and uh, that, that's what we're building that has to exist it's not optional if we want to have a free and fair election if we want to have a, a democracy that, that that's meaningful yeah. We have to have in place permanent monitoring systems that run 24 hours a day, year-round, that keep an eye on these companies, again, not to catch them, although here and there I'm sure we will catch them because we already have, but to stop them. Expose what they're doing. Expose it, and therefore, most cases, they're not going to take a chance. They are, if we are monitoring and analyzing and releasing our findings 24 hours a day, They'd be insane to take a chance because they will go to jail. They yeah. will face enormous fines. They are breaking the law. Well, this is, I mean, this is really encouraging the work that you're doing. But what could the average everyday citizen do? Is there something we could do now? You talked a lot about surveillance and things like that. Is there something we can do to, to slow this down uh, while you're monitoring them? Yes, there's two two uh, uh, websites I'll give out. One is mygoogleresearch.com, mygoogleresearch.com. That's a place where, first of all, there are links to uh, all of the research we're doing and a lot of the articles uh, that have been written about this work and a lot of my TV appearances, uh, you know, on Tucker Carlson, who's become a friend over the years, and yeah. Mark Levin and all those kinds of shows, Joe Rogan. Uh, there's also the links where people can uh, can donate to support this work because we're a, we're a nonprofit organization, uh, and you know some people donate ten bucks, some people donate a dollar, but we've had people who've donated, you know, through that website three hundred thousand oh. dollars, and what we're doing is very expensive, unfortunately, because we have a staff of fifty people doing the recruiting, the training. Uh, the vetting of all these field agents we have around the country, we have to protect their identities, just like the Nielsen Company has to protect the identities of the Nielsen families 
uh, which give us, you know, the television ratings. We protect our field agents as well. Mm -hmm. So my googleresearch.com, that's one place to go. But another place to go is myprivacytips.com because that way you can begin to learn how to protect your own privacy and the privacy of your family members. That, that essay of mine at myprivacytips.com begins, I have not received a targeted ad on my phone or computer since 2014. So you know, if, you learn a, yeah, if you learn a little bit about the surveillance that's, that's ongoing, you can also learn ways to uh, to avoid the surveillance, which I've done very, very uh, successfully. Can be done, uh, and I, uh, you know, everyone around me, everyone in my family, all my staff, they all take these extra steps uh, to protect their privacy. So you want to try to help us, you know, on a large scale level, you know, a global level. You want to, if if you. If you have any connections to major funding, please let us know because, again, what we're doing is expensive. And this year, the first year, the startup costs are very, very high because we have to get that full panel of field agents in place. Mm -hmm. But after that, the costs will come way down, and we uh, we know how to make this system self-sustaining and permanent. So my googleresearch.com, my privacytips.com, those are the main places to go. Or if you want a glimpse of what one of these online dashboards is going to look like where we are revealing the uh, the bias, the manipulations, the indoctrination that we find on a daily basis, uh, go to americasdigitalshield.com and you'll get a glimpse of what it is we're building. Well, Dr. Epstein, this has been very encouraging uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, we can't get there fast enough. So I really hope the, the listeners will go out and support the work that you're doing and then also, you know, get those tips so that we could uh, minimize our, our digital footprint out there for these big tech companies. But again, thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you, Jerry, for uh, giving me a chance to talk to people about this. It's extremely important. I, I Frankly, I don't think there's anything more important right now than this issue because, again, if we don't get this under control, uh, we are handing over our democracy, we're handing over the minds of our children, our very impressionable children, to the tech lords. And they know they have this power and they exercise this power. And, you know, if we do nothing, we've literally handed everything over to them. All right. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting conservative media. Don't ever forget that by working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. Until next week, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without the liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe by texting FIRST RIGHT to 30161. That's FIRST RIGHT, all caps, one word, to 30161.